Hey, hey, it's Claire and bonjour. Thanks for listening to the Integrally Alive podcast, where we explore resilience and how to go from alive-ish to alive. And today I'm with Talia Reynolds. Hi, Talia. Thank you for being with us today. From Thank you. Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> So Talia is passionate about all things personal growth, discovery, mastery, and transformation. She is trained in an EFT, a qualified Reiki practitioner, a transformational life coach, and a serial entrepreneur. And right now, she is head of online communities at Mind Valley, the well-known personal development company from Kuala Lumpur. And she spent years bettering herself and going inwards to get the source of her trauma and rage. Today, she will share her journey with us and specifically the last year where she discovered that personal development can be a trap and decided to focus instead on collective development. So let's dive in, Talia. Yeah, let's dive in. So in your bio, in your introduction, you mentioned trauma and rage. Can you share a little bit more about that in your story? Yeah, sure. So um When I was 11 years old, I was sexually abused uh, by my brother's basketball coach, actually, and my sister was as well. So she was 13 to 15, and it happened with me, 11 to 13. And um, he was considered a, a family friend uh, or, or mm. an older brother or a dad figure because my dad wasn't around when we were growing up. And so um, it was a tricky situation um, and something that I just learned to live with because it's like, you know, I remember saying to myself, this isn't going to last forever. It's okay. Just, just hold on. Mm. You know, and I remember saying to my sister, I knew it was happening to her, but she didn't know it was happening to me. She had an idea. But oh, so you, neither you or your sister talk about this to anyone. No, no, not at the time. Not when it was happening. Yeah. Um, and so I remember saying to her this one time, I was like, this isn't, one day we're going to look back and we're, we're going to laugh at this. You know, I was just trying to, I guess it was already the coach in me, you know, that was trying mm. to make a, you know, a bad situation better. And, and she said to me, Tal, we're never going to laugh at this. Mm. And I was like, okay, okay. So I knew it was happening to her. She had an idea it was happening to me, but I never said anything, even though she asked me and my older sister asked me as well. And I just, I denied it. Um, so why do you think you, that is? Um, it's, I didn't want to, I didn't want to cause trouble. And I was 11, you know, like the things that go through your mind when, you, mm -hmm. when you're being abused, there's like, you know, I remember even getting to a point where my brain started saying things like, well, do I enjoy it? Maybe, maybe I enjoy it. Maybe this is what, maybe this is what love is. Maybe he's my boyfriend. Um, You know, I don't want to get him in trouble. So I knew that something was wrong. Like yeah. was, but I, I didn't have the voice um, to, to say it and I didn't want to get him in trouble. And what I see now is that I made a decision in my younger years, so before I was 11, that stopped me from speaking up when I was 11. Mm -mm. And I don't know what that is, but there was something that must have happened that gave me who I was being when I was 11, because you can get another 11 year old little girl. That's like, mommy, like something, something's happening. You know, like I stay over at, at his house and this is what he does. Like, is this normal? You know? So what was it that made me not speak up? I don't know, but I, I know that um, it continued for another 14 years before I said anything. 
Oh, wow. I'm asking because it's, um, the situation can be different, but it's, it happens a lot that children or young teenage feel that somehow this is their fault and they shut up so no one can help. Instead of saying out loud what's happening and feeling that they are empowered to do so. So I'm, I'm asking, sometimes it's just the family surrounding and most of the time it's someone that's known from the family, which makes it even harder. So, yes. yeah, this is far from being an isolated case. Wow. Yeah, yes. But as it turns out, there was about 15 other girls that he was, that it was happening to at the same time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I knew, I knew a couple of them, but we never spoke explicitly mm -mm. about it. Just look at each other at the basketball stadium. So he was a basketball coach and heavily involved with many teams. And oh, my God. I was there almost every day, either training or, or doing something. And I remember looking at a few of the girls and we would have, we would exchange this glance that was like, yeah, you're, you're one of them as well. Aren't you? Mm. You know? So it was like this unspoken um, communication that was just kind of like, it's happening to you too. And, and what do we do about it? We can't do anything about it. Yeah. So, so that's where the rage came from. Okay. Yeah. That's where the trauma is. Um, it, it was there and, and, and that, was, that was at the source of it. And so, you know, already being somebody that didn't feel inclined to share what was going on at that time, um, then getting into personal development, um, it only kind of reinforced um, the ne negative aspects of personal development, that is, where it's like, you know, it's okay. And like, I forgive him and I've gone back to that time and I've released him and, you know, I've written a letter and blah, blah, all of this kind of stuff, but it was actually stopping me from really doing, doing the real work. So that's where the, the, the whole spiritual bypassing term, um, I know that well. I've been doing it for many years. Okay. So let's go a little bit backwards in the story yeah. because now you're, you're going very fast. And how, okay. <laughs> how did that happen? How did you go from this 11 years old girl who didn't dare to uh, speak out her story? When did you or, and how did you go into a spiritual development? And how, what, what was it? Was it, I don't know, what kind of seminar or kind of practice? Uh, so I think that I've, I've always kind of had it in me. Like I was always different from the other kids and, um, like asking and I, you a lot of questions. This yeah. 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 Very in, in inquisitive and mm. genuinely curious and, and wanting to know more and how does that work? And, um, you know, that also actually stems from my perfectionism which um, I, I know when that started, I've gone back to that kind of memory. Through personal development, mm -hmm. uh, I was able to get to the, to the source of that. So that is that I wanted, to, I wanted to know all the information. I wanted to be right. I never wanted to be wrong. I didn't want people to look at me funny. I wanted to people to, people to be like, ah, oh, she knows the answer. Mm -hmm. And like, isn't she pretty? And isn't she like confident? And you know? So the perfectionism definitely played a role, but um, uh, how I found like my first personal development, what, what did I do? Oh yeah. <laughs> so this is so interesting. It was 14 years later when I was sitting in the courtroom for the abuse. So he, he's actually in jail now, right? Oh, well, that's good to know. Like yeah. with so, so many, so many young girls abused, that's good to know there is a justice. Yes. 
So fast forward 14 or 15 years, so this was about five years ago now, I was in a courtroom and, um, I mean, that's a whole other long story. You can ask me more questions if you want on that later. But I remember having this moment where I was like, whoa, there is so much more to this whole equation, this, this life than just me. Like mm. I've got an army of people with me that were feeding me information about what was happening 14 years ago. Like what was his address? What was his street name? Where were you? What was the date? Like these are all of the things that the defense were asking me. Um, and I remembered all of it and I was like, what is going on? And I actually felt like there was more in the room supporting me than just me and this made me really intrigued as to what that was and then i found my first uh, i guess you could say spiritual text which was um uh what is it awake awakening to your life oh, a new earth by eckhart tolle mm. and and then from there it's been book after book after book after workshop seminar course. okay you know how it goes kind of yeah <laughs> 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 so, so that was what that was six seven years ago yeah um, and so what you know it wasn't that long ago but I've always had something in me mm -mm. that's been personally developing or interested in it but in terms of like formal education or entering the personal development world um, it started with a book seven years ago yeah and so from there you were mentioning some practices can you can you go into that so what were the practices you began to do uh like what i've studied or no you were mentioning like love and maybe forgiveness things like oh, that yeah, yeah. So, so what like, so um it, it, i actually this is one thing that i like so i don't want to bash it too much but there's something called radical forgiveness which i really mm -hmm. love and um, I can't remember who it's by, the book. Um, but he goes into the differences between radical forgiveness and traditional forgiveness, mm. where that is traditional forgiveness is that you see that somebody's done something wrong and that you blame them and that um, you were wrong done by and, you know, it's, it, all of that. And then radical forgiveness is actually seeing... Um, why that happened and why you attracted that into your life and what's for the soul purpose what is this other soul that has like done something wrong to you um, they're actually helping you and in what way and that you should be thankful for them and this so this whole like forgiveness thing turns into like gratitude and it's got you know the premise I see where he's going with it but I think I fell into the trap of like just saying that I forgive mm. I, I forgive you and writing a letter and meditating on it um, and doing all of these band-aid kind of yeah. things. Yeah, that really, I, I was so scared to, and I'm still working on it, by the way. Like it's an ongoing process. Sure. Um, uh, I would say that I'm healed, but you know, there's stuff, uh, because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, no longer am I declaring that I'm, I need to be healed or, you know, I'm broken, you know, like I've left that in the past, but um, I'm still finding out stuff about myself. Like I'm, I'm still numb to a lot of experiences and um, just doing a few practices like forgiveness and writing letters and all of this stuff. It, it didn't make a difference. Yeah, no, yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah, you, you're totally right. Like going into these practices, 
is is beautiful <laughs> and it's not enough. And yeah. what it does is if we don't heal the, uh, the trauma, and yeah, trauma happens in the body first, especially uh, sexual abuse. So if we don't heal at the bodily level, like physical level, then it's never yeah. really healed. And I see, I mean, I, I see it in my clients. They come to see me and they don't understand why they get stuck over and over and over again in the same patterns or the same yes. um, behaviors. Yes. And yeah, they do forgiveness, they do gratitude, etc. And they they sometimes think that, hey, yeah, but I've been working on this for so long now, I'm healed and so on. But on the bodily level, on the physical body, body the uh, the the cell memory and you know in the in the nervous system, it's still there. Mm -hmm. So that's why they still go into the same patterns. And we really need to work body and mind together because it it's not separated. It's together yes. anyway, so we really need to, it's a system that we can balance together. Yes, yeah, and it's interesting that you say that because I, I always resisted body work. Mm. Yeah. Years ago. It was but, just like, no, that's not for me. I was just really working on the mental and yeah. mind level. Yeah. And so it wasn't until I started working more with the body that like a lot of different information mm -mm. started flowing. Yeah. And I mean, it's normal. <laughs> like I said, trauma happens in the body. The last one, the last thing you want to do is going again through the trauma. So yes. main, I would say most, maybe if not all uh, people who, are, who have gone through a trauma, they don't want to yeah. go in the body. And yeah. some of them even go out of the body. They have this kind of out of body experiences. I have. I have a sure. few times. Because it's, and it's normal. I mean, it's not that you're broken on anything. It's you're a human being and you're trying to survive through something you never should even uh, experience. So, so you're doing your best. I mean, and your body on so many levels, emotional, rational, etc., is doing your best to support you through that, exper through that experience. Yes. And that's, yeah. that's what you experience again and again and again and again until, like you say, you go through this instead of away. And at the other end of this, there's life. <laughs> there is what I call integrally alive. Like now you know your pain, you've gone through that and you're not suffering anymore. So there's a big difference between pain and suffering. And you can, like you say, you, it probably it's something that's part of you for your life so this pain can be here but it's not sufferance anymore you you yeah. you're free from that essentially yes, it's, not, it's not the master of my life yeah. for a long time i was not distinct from it i yeah. was i was it and and that's just how i was how i was operating my life yeah 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 so true so and i'm really much interested by what you said about um Okay, I don't remember exactly how you said it, <laughs> but you know, you were, when you presented radical forgiveness versus uh, this idea versus uh, traditional forgiveness, and there is something beautiful in it, and that's exactly the problem with what we call spiritual bypassing. If it was on only a big bullshit, then it wouldn't be a problem. The thing is, there is always something really beautiful in it, but you need to... I don't know. You need to take it with uh, some kind of distance to yes. be sure that with the same idea, you can have really beautiful growth or you can do total 
spiritual bypassing and actually going backwards. Yes, 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 yes. Or even like, even worse, staying still, staying stagnant. It's like any movement, even if it's going backwards, I would take that over m manifesting or whatever you want to call it, the same reality year after year yeah. after year, you know, month after month. It all feels like Groundhog Day because you're just not moving and you think, oh, I'm doing all these practices. Like, shouldn't I be here already or shouldn't I feel this? And it's like, no, it's actually keeping you um, stagnant. You're not moving anywhere, actually. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this happens a lot. <laughs> and it's actually kind of a spiritual development disease. Like you feel you should be better, but you're not there yet. So you feel kind of bad about yourself. And it's oh, this... that just perpetuates so much. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got to get over that. And, and it's, yeah. it kind of becomes uh, an identity of I'm into spiritual development. So by definition, I'm never ready. I'm never good enough because I'm going there and I'm not happy with who I am right now. Absolutely, yes. So how, okay, you went into that. How did you see that and what did you do? What, with, this, with the spiritual bypassing? Yeah, when did you realize, oh, wait a minute, well, I'm getting stuck here. <laughs> how do I get out? It was, it, well, like what I, what I said before, it was the fact that every month and every passing year was the same. Mm. I was running into the same um same issues and challenges in my relationships in my romantic relationships and also with family i was um i was still relating to myself as a really small person like the self-talk and and whatever was going on in, the, in 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 my inner world um for all i knew i was that like that was the voice that was guiding me mm -hmm. you know um and they got to a point like, I don't know if everybody gets to this point, but I guess, we, but, I, but I did. I got to a point where I was just like, hang on, something's off. I, I cannot keep living like this. I'm too old for this shit, you know? <laughs> Something has to change because what I want is like a beautiful, uh, so I love, I've always kind of had a, 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 a boyfriend, you know? It's how I learned the most about myself. I didn't know that at the time. Now I do um, to have that mirror. But yeah, personal yeah. development happens also where we don't think it does, right? <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I was, you know, I was like, no, it's in the books and it's yeah. in the course, in the workshops, and it's me journaling, and all of that is good. I'm not taking away from it, um, but. Uh, the, the most growth that I've had is surrendering to other people and allowing them to actually be, be my mirrors and not, not condemn the mirror and not mm -hmm. wish that it was showing me that reflection. It's like, I, that is where I've been able to go. Thank you. That is where the gratitude yeah. has come, but it hasn't always been like that. So, um, I knew that something was off when, um, when I could start to feel in my body that I was stuck and I could see an experience with my whole being that life was exactly the same mm. and there was no progress and it started to become very, very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. And so, um, 
yeah, and then everything else just kind of became clear, like, you know, this term spiritually by spiritual bypassing and, um, and avoidance and, um, you know, so many other things started to, started to come from there. So I started to look into it, of course, and put it into practice. And, uh, then I started going through the trauma again. Um, so how did you do that? What did you do? To what? To comfort, like you said, you, you started to go into the trauma again. How did you do yeah, that? trauma but it wasn't like I had to go through the sexual abuse again or that I, I felt something in my physical body it was more I was living out I got present to the consequences mm. of actually not being present in my life yes you know yeah and it had a massive impact like I remember I did you've heard of landmark the landmark forum have you uh, not really Anyway, so that was uh, some personal development, a course that I did, transformational um, uh, course. And I remember in one of their courses, I got so clear about something and it just rocked my whole world. And I'm standing up in front of 130 people and the leader of this course was going quite hard at me, which was fine because my identity is very strong and it, and it, it likes to take it like that. It's like, you know what, you've got something to say, just give it to me directly. So um, when I got that, I, I haven't been present and nobody in my life has got to get me. Like mm. they've experienced me yeah. because there's always been something in the space between us, which I would say that's that whole bypassing and it's mm -hmm. all tools and techniques and everything that I thought I needed to do to be healed. Yep. All of that got in the way of me truly connecting with other people. And he made it so clear, this leader that was, that was working with me, coaching me in front of all these people. And when I finally got that, I just broke down and I was crying and mm. crying. And I was like, I didn't see this. And that was traumatic. Yes, it was liberating. And it was a transformation in the moment. Yes, but... The trauma was that I have been checked out of life since I was a little girl. Yeah. Checked out. And that's traumatic. I don't have to be abused again to go through the trauma. Actually, I would probably be even less traumatic because I've done it before. I'll do it again. But to get for the first time that you haven't been present and that you've never been connected to anybody and you've never allowed anybody to truly connect with you, that's trauma. Yeah, and then it takes a lot of courage actually to forgive ourselves. For that. Yeah. And this yeah. is, I can relate to that because I was, I've got a very different story, but I, mean, I think you know, like my father suicided when I, when I was young, when I was a little girl. And after that, obviously my life changed a lot and I kind of shut off in my own way as well. And years, years and years after, I had to... Yes, forgive him. I had a lot of anger for what he did, but forgive myself mm -hmm. to have lived in reaction to that. And then, as you say, I've changed my life in a way that wasn't working for me. But I, I wouldn't say I, I made that choice back then because I didn't think I had a choice. But mm -hmm. I could change that. Mm. And I lived in so many years with that anger, which... I could have released way earlier 
and I would yeah. have had a better life without it. So I had to yeah. do to come from that, and that's really painful. Realizing that okay, there is trauma, and this is something someone else has done to you. Okay, but at some point, this is something you keep with yourself, and this is when you have to step into your own responsibility, and this is so yeah. painful. Yes, taking full responsibility yeah. is. Oh God, it is like swallowing nails. Um, I was coaching somebody the other day and what we got to was that he was avoiding taking responsibility and he kept saying to me, you know, I know that that's what I need to do, but I still just need to pro process because I'm really angry and I'm really hurt. And, and I know that when the emotions subside, then I'll take responsibility. And I was mm. like, no, <laughs> do it now. Yeah, it's the key, right? Do it now. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I get it because I avoided doing that for, for many, many, many years. Yeah. And I mean, again, it's, there's a reason for that. Why we all do that? Well, we are wired not to go to pain. Like, there's two things mainly that get us through life, right? Pain and, and pleasure. We try to avoid pain and we go to pleasure. <laughs> so this is kind of survival skill that's wired in us. Oh, pain? No, not go there. Yeah. But yeah. like sometimes you have to go through pain to actually go to real pleasure because there's no other way actually. But we delay it so much. Yes, yes. And you said something interesting before about, um, about anger, you know, mm. that you weren't to be angry. And that's, that's one emotion that I've never been fully self-expressed in. Mm. Um, and even though I'm very passionate and, and I am a, a self-expressed kind of person, you know, you meet me and I'll say it how it is. And I'm, you know, I'm, yep. I'm not that kind of larger than, than life kind of feel sometimes. Um, with, with the anger, I never gave myself permission. And I remember my sisters, they're, they're very, like, they can express everything. They mm. can be angry. When they're angry, they're angry. When they're upset and sad, they cry. Like, they don't hold anything. Whereas for me, it was... No, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to go into that vibration and let that dominate. I'm going to stay in love and I'm going to mm. stay. I'm like, oh, now I look back at it. I'm like, far out. <laughs> Just doesn't work yeah. for me. And it was keeping me suppressed and that anger got trapped somewhere. If I had to guess, I would say my womb where I was, where, where I was abused and, yep. and it got stuck and I'm still working on it to this day to really, because I'm still numb to a lot of things. And now I can see where I'm not being fully, if I'm angry now, I'm like, Talia, you be angry and I'm not making anybody wrong. And it's not about like, you, you did this to me, but it's me expressing how I'm feeling. And it's still, I'm still building muscle around that, you know, 50, 20 years on. Mm -hmm. is the effect of not going there when it's there to be gone through. Yeah. Well, hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> Basically, it's the base of so many things, like suppressing something. And going back to what we were saying about the spiritual bypassing, uh, something I hear a lot and I can't stand hearing that is uh, this whole talk about emotions like there would be positive and negative emotions and to me this is bullshit any emotion can be limiting or can be helping you anger like if someone uh, 
abuses you, well, it's normal and it's survival skill again to be angry. And this yeah. is something that can help you getting rid of that person and getting out of this situation. If you just yeah. have an acceptance, oh, poor guy <laughs> needs to do that. Well, you're getting into trouble. And this love and acceptance at that moment is not supporting. So it's yeah. all about how do I adapt to this situation? Is this emotion right now helping me or not? And not about what is this emotion. And anger has really a bad press into, in spiritual development. But I think we mistake anger a lot. Like for me, for example, people like Gandhi or Martin Luther King, they were angry. They were like, no, this is what's happening in my country is not right. And I'm going to fight from that. They didn't do it in an angry mode, which is very different. But that yeah. was anger like this sense of injustice that's anger as well but that's a beautiful yeah. power and it can be a beautiful uh, engine anger actually yeah. it's a really powerful emotion to act it, it is i agree and two things i can see what i was doing was making anger wrong mm. so i was never comfortable to be with it because it was wrong it was yeah. wrong to be angry. yeah that's what i had decided about that emotion and um, oh, what was the other thing I wanted to say? Oh, yeah. So the other thing about, with, for me, with emotions is just being authentic, not strategizing, oh, is this going to be a limiting one or is this one going to be a liberating <clears throat> yeah. one? But really just being so present in the moment, allowing whatever emotion to come through to come through and not even categorizing it as to whether it's going to you know, enable you or inhibit you in any way. It's just like... I'm authentically expressing myself and this is it. There's no, there's nothing else to it. And none of it is wrong. Yeah. None, none of it is bad. Yeah. And yeah, I was doing that for a long time and I had all the evidence and to, to support my claims in that being angry is bad for you, bad for your health and you're not going to, you know, yeah. You, yeah, exactly. You find it a lot, but it's so wrong. So this is a tip from one of our teachers, Irene Lyons, who works on trauma and nervous system a lot. And she calls it healthy aggression. Actually, I, I think it comes from Peter Levine. And this is a tip you can use to, if you're still struggling with this anger and expressing it, because again, it's fundamental to be able to acknowledge every emotion we have. There is no emotion that's wrong. If we are feeling it, it's right. Now, there's a big difference between feeling the emotion and actually reacting to it and getting into actions you don't want, like, I don't know, fighting, for example. But feeling that emotion and expressing it is... It's, I mean, it's needed. If you don't, you, it gets, uh, you suppress it, it gets trapped in your body-mind. And well, it comes with a cost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you do it again and again, it will develop into some kind of sickness. I mean, yeah, this is the base of... You can hang on to it if you want to, but you've got, you've got to be aware that it, that it will cost you something. And in the past, I didn't, I didn't know that. I was just interested in the payoff. You know, I, I just don't have to be vulnerable and I can sweep it under the rug and I can also just come from a different, you know, higher emotional vibration and that will influence and blah, blah, blah. I was coming from there and um, yeah, it just, it wasn't freedom. No, not at all. No, because you're suppressing something. It's a kind of denial actually. So healthy aggression, what you can do is 
Um, if you have a partner for that, this is great. If not, you try, I don't know, on a blanket that you will, for example. So it's big enough so that you can grab it in your, with your hands. Like you would do these kind of things with a... Um, oh, for those who listen to the audio, you would grab your arm. <laughs> so this is feeling the anger and acting on it in a healthy way. So you're going to grab the arm of your partner and it's great with a guy because you can squeeze it like crazy and that won't hurt at all <laughs> because you don't want to hurt him. He won't okay. tell you it does anyway. He won't tell you. Like, so, <laughs> you squeeze in, squeeze in, squeeze in, as strong as you, as you can and you're putting all of your anger in this action of squeezing this arm. In doing that, you are expressing your anger in a very healthy way and it doesn't trigger your nervous system in a way that, for example, I don't know, bashing a, a pillow would do. You don't get activated with that. You, you're actually releasing this anger. So it works at a different level. First, you're acknowledging your anger, you're expressing it, and you're releasing with an action the physical tension that it brings because anger brings physical tension and it's good to release it. Now, you can go walking as well. You can do whatever you want. But these healthy aggression things, it works really well. And it can take just a few minutes and it's gone. And again, it's really nice to do it with a partner. But if you, if you don't have a partner, you can just take whatever blanket or anything that's big enough and you squeeze it and it's, it works. And if you, can, if you feel free enough to even go into facial expressions of, uh, <laughs> or even sounding like ah <laughs> this is great it works really great and again it's just five minutes it's gone and that's it so cool when you made that noise it made me think about um uh workouts that i've been doing in the gym lately and how they've been strength training and they've been very intense to the point where on the last couple of reps i've been ah, <laughs> i've been screaming and how good it feels, actually. Um, yeah, it's really releasing. Yeah, yeah. But I also like what you said about how you're just squeezing one point and you're not like bashing a pillow, mm -hmm. so it's quite isolated. So it's like the, the, the anger and the rage and everything can... It's can focused. Control. And you're actually releasing it. One thing I, I noticed with this kind of... And I'm not saying it's wrong and we, we shouldn't do it, but again, there is a right and wrong way maybe to do that. But these kind of bashing the pillow things, it can, if it's done in, in some way, it can actually activate your nervous system and you actually kind of activate the anger more than releasing it. it you like go into it and then there's no way out kind of, kind of things. Instead of focusing your intention and actually releasing it and you don't have to go into it. And I really love this healthy aggression thing because it's anger and shouting, for example, doesn't have to go together. You can be really angry and really silent and really contained. This healthy, healthy aggression without shouting and everything is maybe it's encompassing all the kind of anger that you have. And it's cutting this image of, okay, angry, I'm shouting, I'm all red, I'm moving a lot, etc. Anger is not that. Anger is a tension in your nervous system, in your body. Yeah, exactly. Changing your perception of, of, of what anger looks like and how yeah. it should Yeah, and actually it's working on the neuroplasticity of your brain. And again and again, it's, if you do it again and again, I mean, it's rewriving your, your brain into 
all these exercises, you know, it's kind of training for real life. And at some point you don't need to do it in a seminar or like you were saying, you know, in the books and everything because it's in your life now and you just do yeah. it without even realizing it's, it has become a part of you, who you are. Yes. That's the end point where we were. Okay. Let's go back to you, <laughs> to you and, and your story. So you were into this spiritual development. Then you realize, okay, this is actually spiritual bypassing. Let's go out of it. And I get last year, during the last year, you've done a lot of travels, yeah. discoveries. Yeah. And that was the, another shifting point for you, I know. So let's yeah. talk about that. Major shift. Um, the whole process of actually applying for Mind Valley uh, was the catalyst for a major shift. Mm -hmm. and it's interesting what you just said before about how um, life will give you, you know, what you need and you just work with that, you know, and that's where you apply the, the techniques. You don't need to do it in a workshop or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and that's what I have found um, or what I've been reflecting upon for the last eight to 12 months is that I, my life has given me everything that I could possibly, if I've got the courage to go back and to have a look at what has transpired in my life, I've got, it's taught me everything that I need to know to be able to thrive. And it's given me all of the tools and it's provided me all of the breakdowns, which inevitably have led to a breakthrough and everything's there. I don't have to find it in a book. And, and, and again, I'm not taking away any of this from, from books and courses and workshops and programs. They provide a lot of value mm -hmm. and a lot of insight. But just for my unique blueprint of my life and what I know works for me is that I've got my life is providing me with everything. And that's what it has done. Um, that's what's really been highlighted over the past 8 to 12 months and uh, where that became exacerbated was this whole application process um, and it started with me making a decision after visiting Thailand last June I loved it so much that before I left I was there for a month before I left I already decided that I was going to move back a month later and, and live there so it's exactly what I did now it made no logical sense I was working I was my life was in Melbourne you know why would I pack up my stuff and just leave but that's the first thing that really I didn't know at the time, but I was giving myself permission in that moment to do, to go beyond my identity and to mm. go beyond uh, what I would usually say to myself and, and how I would talk myself out of it and, and being small for myself. So that was the first thing. And I, and I got this retrospectively. This is what I mean by my life has given me everything. In the mm -hmm. moment, I didn't know what I was doing. But I can go back and be like, oh, wow, okay, that's what I did. That's the decision that I made and that's, who's, that's what's given me this whole experience. So that was, that was the first thing, um, just giving myself permission, saying yes to all of the things that didn't make sense and diving into the experience. And then, then what I did was for four months, I didn't, I didn't work. I didn't work a single day. Do you know how hard that is for somebody who is addicted? <laughs> To being on their lap, laptop and to working and to, um, I'm quite masculine in that sense mm -hmm. that I take action and I love doing things and being a part of it and learning and blah, blah, blah. And so to give myself, hold on, August, September, October, November, yeah, to give myself four months totally being, 
not, I wasn't doing. And again, this wasn't a strategy. I got this from looking backwards. Mm -hmm. I was being for the first time in my life and flicking the switch from doing to being gave me so much. And I wasn't at the time, I wasn't even present to it. I'm only present to it now looking backwards. And my days consisted of what beach am I going to go to? Where am I going to buy my coconut from? Where, what beach am I going to watch the sunset from today? That's it. That, that was my, my daily agenda. There was nothing else to it. Um, then I met somebody and this is where, where my thoughts right now going from personal development, self-development into how rich your life can become when you focus on collective development mm -hmm. and allowing people to help you and allowing people to see you. I doubt if I gave myself permission to just be and not do anything, I doubt that I would have met the person that I had to meet to get to where I am today. What I mean by that is there was a guy that came up, I was sitting at this cafe and he came up to me and he thought I was someone else and he sits down and he's like, oh, hey. And I'm like, hi. And he's like, oh, can I sit here? I'm like, okay. <laughs> we started talking and, you know, he started like go, telling me about all this personal stuff in his life and because um, I'm a coach, I was like, okay, well, I'm listening. Like, you know, I closed my laptop. I was on my laptop at the time and I was listening to him. After two and a half hours, he was like, whoa, like, wow, I feel so different. Like, I feel good. Like, thank you, you know? And I was like, yeah, no problem. And he was like, have you, have you heard of Mind Valley? I said, yeah, I have actually. He's like, yeah, yeah, I, you need to work at Mind Valley. I can see you working. <laughs> I can see you up on the stage. I can see you like doing what you just did with me, but, you know, on stage with hundreds of people. And yeah, you should, um, he's, and he worked for Mind Valley. And uh, I was like, wow, dude, like, thanks. You know, that's, that's really sweet. And we, I didn't think about it again, right? Anyway, he came back in September and we kept in touch. He came back and he's still talking about me joining Mind Valley. And again, it wasn't a serious consideration for me. Then another guy from Mind Valley comes to Copenhagen in Thailand, comes to the island to visit him, right? And the first guy tells me after a few days, he's like, you know, my friend who's just come, he said to me on the first day, so what's with this chick? Like, is she going to join Mind Valley or what? <laughs> Mind Valley. Now, at this point, I didn't see this about myself. Uh -uh. I didn't see that I could be here, but there were two people that saw it so clearly that what I get from looking backwards is how important it is to allow yourself to be seen and for people to be able to cultivate and, and craft and design a vision for you that you can't even see yet, but they're holding it so confidently. They didn't have any resistance about mm -mm. Uh, joining Mind Valley or working with them. For them, it was, it, it was clear as day. It was day. a given, yeah. For them, but for me, I had to go through the whole journey of matching where they where they saw me. Yeah, and um, that's where this, the hardcore sabotage started to come in. You know, I, I tried to talk myself out of it, and I was saying to them, "No, no, no!" Like, I don't know if it's going to be possible, and whatever. Um, and then the day came where I had to go and on a visa run and leave Thailand, and it just so happened that the same day my visa ran out. Uh, the two guys had to leave to come back to Kuala Lumpur, <laughs> where Mind Valley office is. And so I came back. 
And it just so happened that Vishen was in the office and he's like, <laughs> the office. I met all the team, I met him, you know, I'm, I was already in the world. And this is two weeks after meeting, you know, this encounter with these guys. Yeah. So again, I was like, wow, looking back, like this is quick. Get people, enroll people into your vision. Enroll them, share with them like your, yourself, authentically share and, and let them create you, so to speak, and hold that vision for you. So I met Vishnu and blah, blah, blah. The day after, that was on the 1st of October last year, on the, on the 5th of November, Thursday the 5th of November, there was a role that was announced in the company, which just happened to be the role that me, that me and these two guys, when we were in Thailand, <laughs> no. <created> <laughs> out of nowhere created <laughs> and they said to me you have to apply I left on Friday the 6th of October to go back to Thailand um, and it needed to be in uh, the following the following Thursday I didn't get it into the following Tuesday again because of all the sabotage that happened but um, I, moved, I went back to Thailand I was like yeah I've got to do my video cover letter I've got to, you've got to sell yourself in this video cover letter. Now, again, I was like, oh God, how am I going to do this? This is so daunting for me. I'm not that. I'm, I'm not, I can't do it. But I had these guys counting on me, you know, like, and, and, and I had this vision that was already established out there in some other alternate universe and it was pulling me ever so mm-hmm. slightly. That was also a factor. And anyway, I, um, I was like, right, I'm going to do it. And I watched way too many video cover letters on YouTube. <laughs> like I, I should have stopped at maybe 10. I watched about 50. And, and so then I started getting to the point where I'm like, I can't do it because, you know, all these people are so much better and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I recorded myself holding my phone. I knew it wasn't good. I did about maybe 30 to 40 takes. I was tired. I was, I had so much running that I couldn't even think straight. I couldn't even speak straight. I sent it to the two, to the two guys before I sent it to Mind Valley. And maybe like an hour later after I sent it, I get a message from the first guy that I met originally saying, call me straight away, call me ASAP. And I knew I was like, ah, shit, he's going to go through me. He's just, this is not good. I called him and he's like, what was that? That wasn't you. Why are you sitting down? You've got to stand up. Why is your phone, <laughs> why is your phone vertical? It has to be horizontal. Vision's never going to watch a, a video if it's like that. And why do you look so sad? Talia, that's not you. So again, I was like, what? But, but it is me. But they saw me as someone different. They saw yeah. me as who, like, who you're speaking to today. So I owe it to them. They saw the potential you that you didn't even see at that time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I love what you said. uh, Let them create you. Like, yeah. We, and again, this is so human to self-sabotage and see the small self, which is familiar and comfortable. And then we have this bigger self, this bigger than us self around us. And we don't even see it most of the time, but 
if we meet the right people, they can see it and then we can grow into that. But yeah. it's, it's beautiful yeah. what you're sharing of growing into the new self supported by all these yeah. crazy yeah. circumstances. <laughs> oh, crazy, crazy. So, so after that, I got their feedback. And of course, I was still my identity. I was still my small self. So I got this feedback and it felt terrible, you know? And now I would get feedback and I'd be like, wow, thanks. Okay, cool. I see that. Yeah. But back then I was like, oh no, what have I done? I can't do it. And then all of that started up again mm -hmm. in my mind, you know? <sighs> so <laughs> um, I, I took a, t a couple of days and I was like, okay, like I'll, I'll have another crack in a couple of days. In the meantime, I met somebody on, uh, I was in Pai, north of Thailand, this beautiful little place. Do you know it? Yes, it's beautiful. So I was in Pai and I was with it with a friend and he had a friend who lives there and we're just sitting down one night and, you know, I, I was looking very depressed and he's like, so what, what's, what's going on with, with you? This is the first time that we'd met each other. And he's like, so what's happening? I was like, Ugh, and I told him the whole story mm -hmm. and he goes, well, he goes, I don't have any equipment here, but uh, we can use your phone. I, I used to make <laughs> documentaries. I'm a documentary maker. Like he was a filmmaker. And <laughs> retired, living on in Pi, and he said, I can record it for you, the, the video cover letter. And I was like, wow, okay, thanks, cool, let's do it. That was a Tuesday night. We started filming on um, Thursday, right? I remember on Wednesday night, I did something as I was falling asleep. I, this is another like key, another tip. So the first one would be have people create you and trust them. But you don't find these people. They found me because I was just being. Yeah. I wasn't doing second, yep. second is, uh, I call it, have a stern word to yourself. And this is what I did on Wednesday night. I went into meditation and I started saying, I, I remember like I was meditating and I was feeling, feeling in the room and then I zoomed out and then I remember viewing myself. I was like observing myself. Then I zoomed out again and it was just like this consciousness of just observing that layer and then the deeper layer. And then I zoomed out again for a split second and I, it didn't last very long, right? So I went back in again and I only went two layers deep. And from that place, I, create, I stepped in to and I created who I had to be to get this video. Mm -hmm. And I was saying to myself, Talia, from this place, it was like, it was almost like I was her, which is me today, speaking to, to Talia at that time going, no, excuse my French, but I was like, when I say a stern word, this is what I mean. Stop fucking around. No more. You become her right now. This is what she looks like. This is what she feels like. This is what she sounds like. This is the way she holds herself. And it was giving me everything. Mm -mm. And when I opened my eyes, I was like, whoa, it was like, I, I, I felt good. I was just like, oh, she's, she's powerful. And the next morning I woke up and Thursday and Friday, we recorded from 4.30 PM to 6.30 PM. So we did four hours all up of raw footage. It's a full production. I'll, I'll send it to you and you can. Oh yeah. 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 Please. Yeah. You can share it if you like, but, um, I, just in front of that camera, I just went for it. 
and there was no hesitation and there was no playing small <laughs> and there was no like, oh, I can't do it. I don't know what to say. That's what I would have said last time. I don't know what to say. I just showed up in a way that I'd never shown up before. And what helped again was surrendering to this man's health because what I wanted to say when he offered was like, nah, it's okay. I can do it myself. Mm. That's what was there. And what was there during those two days that I didn't do anything was, oh, Talia, do you know what? You tried and maybe this just isn't for you. Don't worry yeah. about it. There's something else for you. You know, don't be so hard on yourself. So it's like the saboteur or like this, this in, insidious kind of in, implicit voice that's there can sound so lovely and so supportive. Oh, yeah, it's so loving. Of course. It wants you to stay who you are, <laughs> wherever you yeah, are. But yeah. It's so spiritual, right? It's saying you tried yeah. and the universe has something in, else in store for you. And it's like the universe doesn't have shit in store for me. <laughs> is what's in store and this is a part of the journey and I had to go beyond that lovely voice that was telling me not to do another video cover letter. Mm -hmm. I had to go beyond it and then I met the guy and then I had that meditation and then I showed up for those two days and we nailed it and we spent nights and days on end editing it and that in and of itself completely was like a death and a rebirth simultaneously. She died. And I went, I went through, I went through that and it was actually really, that was another traumatic kind mm -hmm. of experience. If I'm not her and I'm not fully this, where, what am I? Yes. And if I don't get accepted after sending this off, what do I do? And I was in that space for, so that was October 12th. I think I ended up sending it off. From October 12th, October, November, and uh, a month later, uh, I got the news that I finally got the job. But um, there were other things in between. I wasn't out of, the, out of the dark just yet. I was not safe. There was another massive sabotage that came through and I almost didn't make the, the interview with Vision um, that happened to, to come about the next day. After I sent the video cover letter off, mm -hmm. I got an email 12 hours later saying, thanks for your application. Um, Vision would like to meet with you tomorrow. Now, this doesn't happen. You have to have other interviews before you get to Vision. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I was like, what? I couldn't believe it. When I got this email, and at this day, I was traveling from Pai back to Copenhagen. I was on the boat. I had already caught a bus and a plane. I was finally on the boat. And I was like, this email came through and and my whole reality changed. I knew in that moment that I'd got the job, but I, I hadn't built enough muscle mm. around, around knowing that I'd got the job, the job. So other things took me out of the game. It's like, do I, oh my God, I've got it. And then straight away came, oh, but maybe you don't. But I knew, right? But um, as I said, I, I hadn't actually flexed that enough, that enough confidence. Mm -mm. So all the stuff started coming in like, yeah, your video cover letter was good, but he's going to really find out who you are when you get onto that Skype interview and you're not going to be so good. And you know, wow, it was full on. I don't know how much time we've got because the story just, no, we, yeah, we're getting to the end of the interview, but I think we got it pretty much rounded. And, and thank you so much for sharing all of this. Like I told you before, it's got 
many things that I'm trying to get more awareness on and more visibility on, like all this spiritual bypassing and how you can get stuck in this development and how I love this. Um, it's actually Marisa Pierce saying of, you know, you feeling comfortable and familiar with who you are. And the first time you do something new, it feels like, oh my God, I'm going to die. It's just because it's unfamiliar. So it feels like, oh, this is not for me. I cannot do that. But it's just the first time you're doing it. <laughs> and the more you do it, the more you get used to that and the more it becomes who you are, actually. And yes. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just tie together how this, how this yep. saboteur actually uh, becomes so big. For me, in my case anyway, what I've seen for myself is not getting to the source of my trauma or whatever you want to call it and spiritually bypassing actually made the saboteur stronger yes it was feeding it for so many years which is why it really did feel like a death because it was a massive part of me in some way and when i finally overcame that and don't get me wrong it's still there like in the background as, as a default you know it's still it's still talking doing its thing and it's always going to do its thing but now i know how to go beyond it yeah well and now you know it's not you yeah yeah, but it's going to be there. Yeah. And I've built enough muscle in how to go beyond it again and again and again and again. So I, now I don't make it wrong. I don't wish that it wasn't there and it should be this way and whatever. It's there and it will try and do its thing, but it has no power over me. Yeah. But for so many years, I was giving it power and feeding it by not going through what I needed to go through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's a very beautiful ending and, and sum up of the whole uh, of your whole story. Where can the listener find you if they want to? Do you have a website or? I don't have a website right now. Um, something that I've got to build. I just kind of work through uh, on a referral kind of basis. Um, but you can always they can always email me. Um, so I do one on one coaching, and I'm in the middle right now of developing some online programs. So where you're gonna you get to work with me um, and a group of people. But yeah, I, I coach people here in the office, and it's <laughs> my natural vision calls me Coach Talia. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm open and willing and, and able. So I'm here to help. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing this very, very personal and, and being vulnerable enough so that you can be true. I can see that you, now you, you really step into your power and are who you are without a doubt of, of it. So thanks for being you. Thanks for doing what you do. And thanks for being with us today, sharing all of that. Oh, it was such a pleasure and thank you for inviting me and, and for seeing that there was something that, that I wanted to share um, and knowing that it's going gonna, it's gonna to benefit people. And we only had a really short conversation, but this is a testament to, to you and how, how you listen and how present you are. So thank you for inviting me on and um, it was a lot of fun. I love this story. <laughs> Well, wow, thank you. Yeah, for for everyone, like she is referring to. I actually didn't really know what we would talk about today. I just had this conversation with Talia, and I I met her in Thailand, and then I met her again in Tallinn this year at Man Valley University, and we have the short conversation about her story, and we didn't have time to develop that. But I felt like, well, okay, there is something here that I want to hear. 
and that's worth uh, sharing. So I, I told her, well, would you be on my podcast? And she said, yes, but actually I didn't know what she had to, exactly what she had to share with us. But I felt, I could feel it was worth sharing. Yeah. You were so in tune. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to highlight. So thank you. For yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you again. And well, thanks everyone for listening. If you like what you hear, comment on the, on the blog, subscribe to the podcast. And until next time, keep on sparkling life and being integrally alive. Bye.